Hi, I'm Pat Kelly. And I'm Peter Oldring, and we're the hosts of This Is That. Are you kidding? For over a decade, we were radio's go-to source for completely fabricated news. You must be joking me. And now, we're back in podcast form. We've selected some of our favorite stories from over the years and put them in one convenient location. Sugar in the tap water. Bilingual dog park. Charging to see wildlife. This Is That, coming soon on CBC Listen and everywhere you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello and welcome to Laugh Out Loud. I'm your host, Ali Hassan. Right out of the gate, I want to tell you, or perhaps remind you, about our upcoming live recording in Niagara-on-the-Lake at the historic Courthouse Theatre. On Saturday, January 27th, I'll be hosting that live show with an outstanding lineup of some of this country's top comedians. Gavin Stevens, Tom Henry, Ali Pierce, Leanne Maladin, Matt Wright, and Keith Pedro. You can head to icebreakerscomedy.com for all the details and to reserve your seats now. All right, let's get started with the show. Today is what we call a spotlight episode, where we shine a light on one performer who has been doing incredible things with their career, and that person is Deborah Kimmett. Deb is an accomplished author of four books. She was nominated twice for the National Magazine Award for Humor. She's written five plays. Her play Miracle Mother was shortlisted for the Governor General Award, and her play The Year of the Suddenly has raised thousands of dollars for hospices around Canada. And recently, Deb has gained an impressive following with CBC audiences, thanks to her many appearances on The Debaters. If you're an avid listener of this network, you might have also heard her last comedy album, Downward Facing Broad, which aired a number of times on CBC Radio. And through COVID, that comedy album became number five on iTunes. With an extended set from the Danforth Music Hall in October, here is actor, playwright, writing coach, and comedian, Deb Kimmett. I know what you're thinking. That was a Zumba queen move. (laughs) I'm so happy to be here. I just came from the beaches. That's where I live. It's only 15 minutes away to paradise. Uh, Unless you're on the Main Street bus and then it just keeps turning. (laughs) Or the queen car which stops at Broadview. Or when Broadview was closed. Or when the streetcars just meet and talk in the middle of the road and block all traffic. So it's 90 minutes away from heaven. It's a great place to live. It's a little bougie. You know, we have a hair salon just for blondes. <laughs> yeah. Even the homeless, you know, are a little upscale. One takes e-transfer. Uh, and then the old school homeless guy, he's like, oh God, nouveau pour. Anyway, we have vets, we have five vets, four pet stores, three dog groomers. Everybody hates when their kids are groomed, but... (laughs) Yeah, let's get the dog grooming joke out of the way right away. Um, But I got a new dog during COVID for about the price of a sports car. And... uh, (laughs) His name's Bert, and I don't know where he stops, and I begin, like, some nights his stomach's all upset, and it's growling inside, and I want to vomit. And um, 
He runs around in the beach and I feel like I've done cardio. And everybody in the beach treats their pet better than humans. Even the vet's like, how would Bert like to pay today? I'm like, well, his credit isn't that good yet, so I'll pay for now, thank you. And there's just junk food on the beaches. We have chocolate and ice cream interspersed with dentists. We have the beach dentist, the beaches dentist, the sons of beaches dentist. And recently I had to go to the dentist because my dentist told me I need the two top teeth, you know, removed and new ones come, you know, implanted. And I said, will there be any side effects? And they, well, you will have a slight lisp. And I go, a lisp? I can't have a lisp. I talk for a living. And she went, oh, don't all you ladies. (laughs) You know, I can't have a lisp. I come from a family where we start making weird vocal tics as we get older. My grandfather, when he got old, he just started to meow for no reason. Like you'd just be talking to him and all of a sudden like, meow. We loved it as kids. I mean, you know, Grandpa, tell us a story. Cat in the hat, you know. Meow! But I can't be up here like some lisping feline, like, you know, Sylvester the cat, like suffering succotash. Here's Ali Hassan from CBC's Accent on Toronto. I'm sure someone's calling the ombudsman right now about that joke. Yeah, my body's falling apart, and so are my friendships. You know? Like, didn't you lose a lot of people during COVID? Like, I had a friend of 40 years, and uh, we just broke up during COVID. You know? I I could put up with her views on masks and vaccines, and I even tolerated listening to her Wordle score. (laughs) Who cares? But then she started calling me sister friend. Out of the blue, just started ending every conversation with it. And at first, I let it slide. I'm like, well, maybe she saw a Church of Latter day Saint commercial, and you know. (laughs) But then she just began in every conversation goodbye, sister friend, hello, sister friend. And I thought, we're done. Let's call it. And I feel bad. After 40 years, you lose a friendship over that. I mean, I'm at an age where I could have just wrote out the clock. But the good news is I don't have to go to see her choir sing. (sighs) They join choirs at my age. There's different friends, different choirs. It's not that they just, you know, like singing. They, you have to come to it. (laughs) They don't come to my Zumba recital. (laughs) But they're very good. There's like, there's nothing more inspiring than a hundred postmenopausal women swaying, <laughs> singing in three-part harmony, 50 ways to leave your lover. <laughs> You've got to slip out the jabat jack. <clears throat> I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. I cannot do group activities. I'm too grumpy. I mean, why do that to yourself at this age? I'm so ornery. I went back to therapy, and I told her I'm really, really grumpy, and she said, could we just breathe? And I went, no. (laughs) What is 
it with people wanting to breathe. I've been breathing my whole, I'm not paying 175 bucks an hour so that on Zoom I can be breathing with you. I'm not in labor for God's sake. (laughs) Anyway, she says, you're well guarded. And I went, thank you. But it's weird to have a therapist on Zoom, didn't you find? I mean, it's hard to talk about how narcissistic you are when you're staring at your own face. (laughs) And then we meet in person. And I got to tell you, that's strange. Have you ever had a person that you only knew on Zoom and then you met them? I mean, it was weird because she had this tiny head on Zoom. (laughs) And then she just had this huge... Not, I'm not, you know, I mean, it's just he had a bigger body and it just was, it was like a Barbie doll head on a cabbage patch doll body. And I told her, like, I feel catfished here, you know what I mean? And I couldn't even look at her. I couldn't look at her because I was going to say something and she already thinks I'm grumpy and I couldn't look at that holly hobby head of hers. So I just, I was looking around her office at all her certificates and I'm like, oh, Oh, there you go. You had a subspecialty in uh, geriatric psychiatry. Oh, well, that's nice that you work with the elderly. (laughs) Now I know why she wanted me to breathe. She just wanted to make sure I was alive. (laughs) And then she says she has only the most most respect for my elderhood. What the... Elderhood. Was she talking to sister friend over there? Because, I mean, there's no respect at this age. If they had respect for elders, they would give you more than 10% as a senior's discount. You give 10% to a waitress, she spits in your soup. And if they had respect, they'd give you the discount on the same day. It's Monday one place, Thursday another. My Google Calendar's pinging every day of the week. Get up, Deb, it's Shopper's Saturday Appreciation Seniors Day. You had to run down there for some weak coffee and coffee whitener and day-old donuts. I am worth more than a day-old donut. It's hush money. <laughs> shh, Mom, shh, 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 shut up, shh. Are you going to a home? And it's weird because it's the first time in my life I actually think I know what I'm talking about and nobody wants to hear it. They say, if you see something, say something, but not me. Because everything I say, I put my foot in my mouth. Even things I don't think are offensive, there's a certain age group that finds them offensive, right? Like I'm walking on the beach because it's so packed in the summer on the beaches, right? There's so many picnickers out there. But there's all these young women, and they're walking down the beach with their bare asses hanging out as if they've never heard of pants. They're just their bare bottoms. And I just said, look at those bare behinds. And my niece goes, you're body shaming them. And I'm like, I'm not body shaming them. I'm just seeing that they have bare bottoms. And they're beautiful, but I would never do that because when I was young, I was so nervous. I mean, I was very pale. So I wore pantyhose under my bathing suit. (laughs) And people would say, are are you wearing pantyhose under your bathing suit? And I'd say, no. (laughs) 
my legs tan at the top. <laughs> and so my, my niece, she's just like, oh, <laughs> you're just a first wave feminist. <laughs> what did you say to me? I am a second wave fam feminist. If I'm anything, you fourth wave whippersnapper. <laughs> anyway, she just, you know when kids look at you like you're just beyond talking to? Like there she's like, well, I guess you've just internalized the patriarchy. <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. That's how I had an STD and two kids. Of course, I've internalized the patriarchy. Anyway, in the summer, we have the bare bottom girls. And then in the winter, we have the cold plungers. These are people that just run into the lake. It's freezing cold and you're like, it's January. And don't ask, don't say, why are you running into the lake? Are you okay? And they're like, we're doing it for mental health. And I'm, good, that sounds about right. Yeah, that's a, right, that's excellent. And there are just packs of them now, 5 a.m., just shh, shh, shh. And I always kind of wonder what the homeless guy who sleeps on the beach is thinking. It's like, get out of my tub! That's what we have now, the homeless and the bougie right together. One's at a food bank, the other one's intermittent fasting. Yeah. And it's bad now because right now there's a lot more homeless, which means the churches have their basements full for out-of-the-cold programs, which is ironic because they can't afford to heat the basement because <laughs> no one's upstairs in the pews because the baby boomers canceled God. <laughs> so you should respect those older ladies because they're the only ones going to church, and once they die off, none of us will get fed. Anyway, it's weird to be. There's a clap coming. I think it might be just rolling in from the back. <laughs> That's okay. Anyway, it is hard though. The homeless situation is getting worse and I think we can really count on our new mayor, Olivia Chow, to help us out with that. That was a nail-biter election, eh? Whew. Down to 103 candidates. Woo, didn't know which one to pick. I didn't even know that many people worked in the government. And it was strange because I looked down and there were four Smiths, three Sings, and four Chows. And then a dog. And I was like, well, which one's the dog? Like, they don't give him a name. You know, in the restaurant, they have a little hot pepper. There should have been like, this is not a human you're voting for. Then I was worried, like, what if the dog is one of the chows? And then I thought, don't say that, because you'll get canceled. And, um... <laughs> but I love Olivia Chow, and I think it's, you know, it just must be fun for her to gloat, you know, about Doug Ford's $3.5 billion giveaway. The only thing that came out of that that was good was that he appointed the long-term care minister to the Greenbelt, which we kind of need something like a long-term care minister for the Greenbelt, don't you think? And it's just not, I gotta tell you, it's just not the farm land that's there that's being given away to real estate. It's also being given away. Do you know what the second growing business in Ontario is? 
storage units. We now have condos for our crap. So this is what's going to happen. We're going to have, we used to have drawers full of garbage, but now there's just going to be big condos full of elastic bands and dead batteries. And the reason, the reason the green belt is so precarious all the time is we're not connected to our food source, are we? No. We just don't know what it is because like when, you know, we idolize farming, but everybody's getting out of farming. I mean, I'm sure in Prince Edward County, they're, you know, making goat cheese and opening wineries and stuff like that. That's just because they want to be drunk when they see their grocery bill. <laughs> so, you know, when my grandparents, they were farmers, my grandma, when she wanted to have dinner, she would have to go to the barnyard, kill a chicken, pluck it, cook it, put it on the table by five. Me, I buy bagged lettuce, because I'm too tired. And during COVID, I got so lazy, I ordered Uber Eats from the restaurant across the street. <laughs> Do you ever just go on Uber Eats and watch the little car go towards your house? And then all of a sudden you're like, why is it going in the opposite direction? And I'm opening the window, hey, I'm right here. But we're disconnected from our land, that's for sure. And I think, uh, I think Mother Nature, like if a 65-year-old woman is grumpy like me, imagine what a 65-million-year-old Mother Earth is. She just, you just look at her and she bursts into flames. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, funny. And the meteorologists, they just love it, don't they? They're like, oh my gosh! A cyclone is going to hit the eastern seaboard by 3.02 a.m. And then they're so disappointed when it gets downgraded to a Category 2. Oh, darn. <laughs> you kids are going to have to go to school. <laughs> and the kids today, they, just, they really should just announce when they're going to go to school. Like, just not forget the cancellations, right? Because they never canceled our bus, ever. My parents were like, you don't have to go to school, but you're not staying here. We had the worst bus drivers. We had one bus driver who wouldn't make left-hand turns. <laughs> Took us an hour to get three kilometers. Can you imagine the uproar today? Everybody be like, my child deserves left-hand turns. <laughs> we didn't even tell our parents. <laughs> They'd ask what went on. We're like, nothing. Because I grew up where kids, you know, kids were not supposed to be, they were seen but not heard. Yeah, and now it's the adults that are seen and not heard because we're scared of our children. We're scared of little beings with soft spots in their head. We're just like, what do you want? And I'm like, I'm a baby. I have no idea. I just got here. It's difficult. But it's very difficult to implement change right now because everybody freaks out about it. We have, you know, we just got rid of the plastic bags and there's this woman at the grocery store and she's like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do when we run out of plastic bags? And I'm like, well, honey, good news. We've got plastic on the fruit, on the vegetables, on the meat. I think we're going to meet our plastic quota for the year. But it's hard to get off plastic when we're, you know, jonesing for the fossil fuel, right? We're like little heroin addicts, jonesing for the fossil fuel. And it's hard because our prime minister is in bed with big oil, you know. He's every night, oh, he was like, oh, Sophie, 
here's a pipeline. And she goes, is that what we're calling it? <laughs> and that's why the marriage broke up. I mean, she, she got sick of him doing the land acknowledgement every time he wanted to get lucky. <laughs> I'm a settler, I'm a settler. Oh, shut up. When slayed creatures return to the land of the living, it's up to a band of unlikely heroes to re-slay them. Welcome to the Re-Slayer's Take. From the fantasy world of Critical Role, join Jasmine Bular, Jasmine Chung, Jasper Cartwright, and Caroline Lux alongside us, Game Masters Nick Williams and George Primavera, in a tabletop role-playing audio adventure using Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Adventure awaits in the Re-Slayer's Take. New episodes drop weekly on Mondays wherever you stream your podcasts. Anyway, these are the big items. But you know, it's the funny items that get me. Do you ever find the funny stuff, the little tiny stuff just gets you? I'm walking on the beach. A few months back, I see this huge installation of a giant raccoon. And uh, I thought, it, I was like, what is this? And I look and it says, in memory of Conrad the raccoon. Do you remember Conrad? 2015, he was a Twitter sensation. He had died in the streets of Toronto, and then eight years later, when we'd all forgotten him, they erected a 25-foot <laughs> installation of Conrad, a raccoon that did nothing when he was alive. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this is the deep state. This is the deep state. That is not a bad artist having a bad idea. A committee had to agree to that, and then a, the city had to fund it. This is a city that couldn't decide what to do with Ontario Place, and they put a 25, and then I thought, well, maybe this is good. Maybe we're doing it while we're tearing other statues down. We're just going to avoid problematic humans, and we're just going to put up pictures of animals. That's it. And then they moved the statue up to Woodbine in Maine. So I think somebody did a deep dive in Conrad's Twitter account. <laughs> and he had some pretty controversial views on immigration. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know what some of you were thinking. Oh, I loved Conrad. He was cute. He always wore a mask. Shut up. <laughs> the next week after I saw that installation, a 94-year-old woman got attacked by a raccoon. Do you remember this? Yeah, she got attacked, bit three or four times on her leg. And I know what you're thinking. Why didn't she run? <laughs> but she was 94, and probably it took a second before she was looking. There's a raccoon. There's a raccoon biting through my compression socks. And then her, she looked over at that big statue of Conrad and she goes, I know where the city stands on me and the raccoon. I know who's going to win the Twitter war. And so she just sucks it up because she's afraid if she says anything, her kids are put her in a home. <laughs> Which was what my kids do every time I tell this story. <laughs> Before I go, I want to tell you one good story, though. I do love the beaches. I love the sunsets. I love the sunrises. And I... I met this Norwegian couple. They were so beautiful, and we talked all about this stuff, and it was just gorgeous. And I told them how worried I was about the planet, and they said, Deborah, why don't you just come into the lake? It's boiling hot, and why don't you just swim? And I thought to myself, why not? I, why don't I just jump in the lake and, and cooled off? So I ran up to my apartment, and I put on my bathing suit, and I ran down, and I didn't even put a towel on, you know, the way women do, just put the towels around them. And I just waddled in in my Zumba hips, and I went, meow, this water is freezing. 
But I stood there and I was making the Norwegians laugh and they were laughing and I started to realize I wasn't saying anything funny. (laughs) And then I looked down and I saw that my bathing suit was inside out. (laughs) And you know the little little inserts right here? Well, they had come loose. So every time I made a point, they were like little canoes going back and forth. And I didn't know what to do, whether I should laugh or cry. But I'm a second wave feminist, so I did both. And before I ran out of that freezing cold water, I looked down at those little canoes and I said, this is the way we roll in Toronto. Thank you. Accent on Toronto this past fall, that was Deb Kimmett. You can find out more about Deb at kimmett.ca and her latest book called Window Shopping for God, A Comedian's Search for Meaning, comes out soon. And you can pre-order it online right now. Before we wrap up our show today, I've got one more comedy clip for you. It's a short but sweet one from Keith Pedro. He'll be part of our lineup at the Icebreakers Comedy Festival in Niagara-on-the-Lake on Saturday, January 27th. You can get your tickets via our website, but do get them soon. The show is close to selling out. My thanks to the Danforth Music Hall and sound engineers Kyle Kudasevich and Jared Hillel, and a special thanks to my producer, Lee Pitts. And thank you for listening to Laugh Out Loud on CBC Radio 1. My name is Ali Hassan. I'll see you back here real soon. But I'm not just any type of Asian. I'm Filipino. Anybody know any Filipinos here? Yeah. Yes. All right. Now, what I love about this city is that people know a lot of other languages, but the other languages they know that's not their own language is all the swear words. You ever notice that? It's just the swear words. Like, I was on the train, and this guy knew I was Filipino, and he's like, yo, man, you Filipino? I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, oh, putang in a mo. Right? And in Filipino, that means, like, go have sex with your brother, but, like, in a vulgar way, right? I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I just met you. And now you're going to cuss me out in my own language? I'm like, what's your background, buddy? He's like, oh, I'm African. I go, oh, well, hamasahenya, habada bista, baba. He's like, what? I'm like, you know. Hamasahenya, baba bista, He was angry, man. He was upset. He didn't like that at all. The worst thing about being an Asian, though, is that, like, all my friends come up to me and expect me to fix their cell phone. You know what I mean? Like, yo, my phone's freezing, man. Yo, can you do something about this? I'm like, I don't, I don't know, man. And everybody has smartphones nowadays, right? Smartphones. Everybody's got one, like, like iPhones or Blackberries. And, and I just hate the iPhone commercials, right? You ever see these iPhone commercials? Oh, there's an app for that. There's an app for that. There's an app for that. But yeah. But is there an app to get reception in my basement? No, there's no app for that, right? iPhone has an app for everything except being a phone, man. What good is the Yellow Pages app if I can't even make the call, you know? And then you have these kids with Blackberries. You ever see these kids with Blackberries? These little kids with Blackberries. I saw this one kid, he could have been like nine years old, texting on his Blackberry, crossing the street, you know, texting, almost got hit by a car. I was like, wow, how important was that LOL? Seriously, you know? So I had to yell at the kid. I'm like, dude, what are you doing that black bear? You're nine years old, bro. And this is what this Fisher-Price punk tells me. This is what he tells me, okay? 
He's like, yo, bro, how else am I supposed to call my parents to come pick me up from school? <laughs> like, seriously, how spoiled are these kids nowadays? They're spoiled. Because when I was a kid, I could call my mom to come pick me up from school without using a cell phone, but using a pay phone with no quarter. There was that prank collect call. <laughs> you guys remember that? You're gonna collect call from, hey, mom, I'm done school, don't have to charge this piece, and you just leave. <laughs> Remember that? No data plan needed. Shut up, Rogers, shut up. Still sky dome to me. I don't care. <laughs> that is true, man. That's Joe Carter's house. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.